Hello, welcome back. We are a couple of boys. We've read a book and we're here to determine whether it's good. Good book boy number one, Alex Gates. How are you going? I'm very well. And how are you? Good book boy number one, Josh Underhill. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad at all. Um, we, we've we uh, read a book, haven't we? I think, yeah, that is, um, that's essentially essentially what this, this podcast is about. Um, as you mentioned, a couple of good boys and we read a couple of books. And sometimes they're good books, which makes us the good book boys. Otherwise, they're just books, which makes us the uh, the book boys. Book boys. Yep. Yeah. Um, what have we got today, Mr. Underhill? We, we have read uh, Slade House by David Mitchell this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a short-ish novel, novella. Um, uh, I would say it's, I'd say it's a bit longer than a novella, but it's definitely, it's definitely one of the shorter ones we've read. Yes, definitely. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's shorter in comparison to some of the other books that he writes as well. Okay. Um, and it is kind of, it's sort of a prequel, sort of a, maybe not a prequel, it's sort of a, um, in the same world as a lot of his other... Um, is it actually? Fiction pieces, yeah, and it has a lot okay. of references. Um, so I, that, we'll get back onto that because that, that, that relates to, you know, some of the questions I have. Now, this was a, this was a Underhill book this week. Um, this was, yep, I chose this ha, book this ha, week. Have you read this before? I had, yeah. Yep. So we were um, we were continuing in the line last last week. Uh, we read Wolf and White Van, which yes, um, yes. which was a, a previous read of yours. Um, and mm-hmm. so I um, I thought I'd pick up uh, one of um, my previous reads, which I quite enjoyed. Would you call yourself a David Mitchell fan? Like, are you quite familiar with most of his his works? I would call myself a fan. I've read what, including Slade House, would be four of his. I don't know how many in total he's written, but I think mm-hmm. it's. I think it's upwards of getting closer to 10 probably. Uh, one of my favorite kind of high fantasy fiction pieces is um, a book of his called The Bone Clocks. And do they share a sort of extended universe, his works? Yes, or, they do. Okay, yeah, so they've got lots of they've got lots of um, references between them and and similar themes and, and some repeating characters and, and things like that. So they're they're not there's not necessarily f- definitive lines between um, between his books. Yeah, which um, which is is an interesting uh, interesting kind well, of. Well, I, I appreciate it because yeah. I you know I didn't feel I didn't feel lost going into this. Um, I, I didn't feel like I needed any background reading. First yeah, no, ones. they don't. They don't require. The, they don't have any prerequisites as such, and they don't follow a, a tangible order. Um, yep. But they're all kind of yeah, floating in the same ethereal goo, <laughs> if you will. If if I will, yeah. Um, did you want to? Do you have the book in front of you? Did you want to read yes. the blurb? Yes, so I don't know if you've got a similar one, but my blurb is very brief. It is, on one side of a high wall lies a narrow, dank alley. On the other, a sunlit garden. Between them, a small black iron door. You just need to open it. Welcome to Slade House. Do you want to run us through quite a a unique uh, structure for this this novel? Do you want to run us through? Yeah, it is, uh, isn't it? The way it, the way it sort of shapes. Yeah, so this this book is about a um, a house called Slade House. It kind of features as the main uh, location, um, Slade House, and the kind of close surrounds. Um, and the way that the book unfolds is 
every nine years you get a section um, with a new character or set of characters um, yeah. and it plays out, um, yeah, every nine years these characters returning to this this slate house and in each kind of segment we get fed a little bit more information we work out a little bit more about what's going on um but essentially people are disappearing around this slate house and um Mm. nobody knows why it's happening and each nine years is when these disappearances seem to happen and we follow uh, i can't remember the exact year that we start is it in the is the 80s first or is it 70s 70s, i would say last late 70s late 70s yeah yeah, and then and then it takes us all the way up to late two thousands, I think. Yeah, so I think that's the second last it? one. Okay, and then it, and then yeah. um, I think it's like two thousand fifteen is like the final yep. chapter. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because it was um, published in twenty fifteen. So there you go. Yeah, so it's quite a quite a unique kind of structure and format, yes. and the way that time moves forward in the book is is different to just your standard novel. What did you um What did you think of the book, Alex? I uh, I I would say I definitely enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed Slade House, um, and you know it's it, it's following on from what we said before. It's sort of the only there are recurring characters, but it's almost like between these nine year segments, the only constant is Slade House. That is sort yeah. of that's almost our our main character, um, and I really appreciate how in each of these sort of short chapters, these you know intervals that happen after every nine years, you get a sort of a very, very self-contained story. I found he was very, very good at, at even though you've only got brief exposure to these characters, um, you sort of understand their, their, their situation really well. He's really good at fleshing out characters in a really short amount of time. Um, and, you know, we find out quite a lot about these very different characters through their interactions with this, this house. And, yeah, as you said, you you piece together sort of more and more information each time um, about, about these disappearances. And there's sort of, to an extent, you're, you're similar to these different characters who themselves are putting together the pieces of these people who disappeared before them. And yeah, it sort of puts the reader in a similar, similar situation. Um, Yes. I would say, uh, say, say, uh, say, yeah, quite enjoyed Slate House. I'm glad to hear because I I mentioned to you um, in DM somewhere that it's kind of like it kind of has a vibe of like an adult Goosebumps, which I know Absolutely. you're you're a you're a fan of the series. Um, the opening um, the o- opening segment is a really yeah. powerful. You're not quite sure what to expect when you're reading the first few pages, but it takes a really creepy turn very yeah. quickly. Um, yeah, and it kind of. Just yeah, just really has that really perfect um, creepy vibe. I felt um, yeah. that then sets the tone for the rest of the book. Yeah, I know what you. It's certainly with that the 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 goosebumps vibe in the case that you've got in many situations these quite ordinary people in a in a scary situation, you know. And you you're quite right. There, he's really really good at at building atmosphere. Mm, yep. Again, and even in these short these short segments, um, really good at sort of one thing he does really well is sort of explore, I guess, the the breakdown of of the reality around these characters mm. really well. In similar to like, it feels like he's describing a drug trip or you know a nightmare, or if you're drunk, sort of the way he 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 crafts this this house and what happens within it. 
um, really adds quite a, a strong sense of, of unease and sort of uh, not quite absurdism, but like uh, blurring the lines between between fantasy and reality. And he does that really well. It's reminiscent of, of the way in which um, John Darnell was, was able to really explore the inner workings of, of, of his character who had some, some severe um, mental deficiencies. Yes, definitely. I, 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 but he puts the reader in that situation where you can experience it as well. I, I, I you know, a lot of the times I, I felt for these characters when they're, they're sort of the world they thought they were in is, is sort of, you know, breaking apart and falling away. He really describes that really well. Very, very good at adding this dreamlike nightmare quality to his writing. Yeah, definitely. And I, I appreciate how whilst you could from a, a, if you took a few steps back and kind of look at um, the plot, you could feel like having repeat segments of similar things happening could be quite repetitive. But I think that each segment in each nine years and each yeah. new character had its own nice little flavor and twist that kept the whole thing interesting um, on yeah. top of the fact that you were getting new information um, every time. But like they weren't they didn't feel like it was a slightly different character than rinse, repeat the same thing happening. There was like a different um, vibe in each segment, which was really fun. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It would have been very easy and it would have been very, very boring if it was the same as sort of the, the first character we're introduced to and that it's sort of similar each time, as you said. But you're, you're absolutely right. All the characters that we're introduced to at these nine-year intervals are really, really different. They all have, you know, something in common, which we won't sort of spoil. But, yeah, their, their situations, their lives, and even just the way they, they interact with the house and the way they, they, they sort of you know, explore it separately. Really, yeah, credit to him for for keeping it fresh with these very different characters. He did it very well. Yeah, and how did you feel? How did you feel about? Um, it's not. It's not really the untrustworthy narrator as much as just sometimes you you're led to believe that something's happening, and then kind of the rugs yeah. pulled under underneath yeah. you, and and it's revealed that you know you. The, the character's been in the trap the whole time. Yes, um, yes. Type thing. And, and it can feel a little bit like, um, you know, I, I I didn't mind it. I thought that it was it was a clever um, kind of tactic. way of tactic. Yeah, but I, I can feel that some people would feel a bit cheated by. No, I thought that was that was part of the, the you know, his ability to craft these worlds, you know, mm. to to ex- to explore this feeling of of you think you're in control and suddenly you realize you're absolutely not. I think yeah. that was, that was definitely part of it. Um, and sort of much like the character yourself, the, the character themselves, the reader starts to feel like, well, what, what can I trust at this stage? How much of this is actually real, but not in a way that I think gets too um, metaphysical or metaphorical or, you know, um, you know, uh, too, I guess it doesn't get too up its own ass. It, 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 yeah. it it plays with the reader's expectations, but in a way that I think perfectly services the plot and it makes mm. sense with the context of the story. How, how did you feel when they started towards the, you know, the back third of the book started to introduce some of the explanations of what was going on? Um, <sighs> keeping in mind that this is a, or maybe I'll just say that this is kind of a already defined world okay. um, in, in other novels. So it's kind of up until you start to get explanations. It yeah. could be its own separate thing. And then yes. the last yes. third kind of folds in 
the the realities of this fantasy world that David Mitchell's created and written other books about. You know, um, how did you feel about that? It's interesting you say that folds into because that was probably my my biggest criticism of the novel is the the sort of it may, might not be generous enough to say it's an exposition dump, but at the very very end we get pretty much a character who explains quite a lot of it explains quite a lot of the the law that that governs this this magical universe and i thought i thought that that felt like that it shouldn't have been explored in that way now i can certainly understand people wanting an explanation for all these things that happen i think having one character and it, look i'm sure that I don't know. I don't know if that the character I'm referring to makes an appearance or or is making reference to other David Mitchell works. But I thought having one of them come in and explain it, pretty much for the sake of of the reader getting an explanation, it, it was a bit too much at the end. It was a bit too um, backloaded in that sense to have yeah, this I, explanation towards. I, the end. I have to agree. I think the weakest part of the novel is the monologue um, yeah. done by one of the um, antagonists who's disguised as an old yeah uh, you know, that that section i think is probably the weakest um and it doesn't really and it plays into my whole pet peeve of of characters having motivation um it, it doesn't really every every other action decision throughout the novel is fairly plausible but the 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 explanation um given yeah. to um the other you character. Know, the, the other character. It just yeah. it just lacks the reasoning. Yeah, absolutely right. It was clearly there just to help the reader come to understand some of it. But yeah. you're right. It, in terms of these, the character's motivation to say all this stuff, it was very, very much James Bond villain monologuing. You know, yeah, right. I, I'm Mr. Bond. I'm going to tell you like my evil plan now. Yeah. Um, it was for the benefit of the person reading it, and it did. I quite right. It didn't really make sense within the context of of what that character would actually do. Yeah. But I like um, so if you take it out of the novel, let's just yeah. look at the the explanation and the 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 world I guess that yeah. David Mitchell builds. I, I I find it really fascinating. It's a really interesting um, kind of set of concepts that is put together and yeah. um, has delved into um, in this book and in other books. Um, what did you What did you think? Not having read any of the other things. Yeah, no, I well, it's so interesting. So I had no idea this was part of a a, a self contained universe. But um, mm. there was one reference a character makes to um, you know uh, I won't give away too much about this the, the sort of the world, but you can make these sort of uh, openings mm. you know, in reality if you like these spaces outside of of space and time, for example. And one of the characters makes reference to, oh, you know, I went in here with, I went into a different one of these openings in reality with another character and he sort of went insane with the power and he sort of stayed there for too long. It's just sort of like a passing reference, but like, that sounds like an awesome idea. Like, you know, discovering this magic power and then like going sort of getting a God complex, Messiah complex yeah, because of yeah. Um, so yeah. I thought, man, that would make a great story. So, it, you know, it certainly makes sense that it's part of a wider, wider world because this only sort of explores, I guess, the magic in a very sort of self-contained sort of thing. You know, we're yeah, exploring definitely. this magic through through Slade House and everything that happens in there. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite an these concepts he's introduced, like you said, very very interesting. And I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to sort of seeing how the different ways this this magic can can manifest in in the world. I think that'd be very interesting to read. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just as a taste, one of my favorite kind of concepts that he's introduced is this 
this thing called a lacuna, which is essentially a space frozen in time um, yep. that can't be can't be impacted by anything. So essentially, Slade House is this lacuna that's been um, uh, frozen in time, and it was bombed like four or five years later yeah. from when the, when the lacuna came online, so to speak. Yeah. But so even though the actual physical building in in the normal progression of time isn't there anymore, it yep. doesn't touch or impact the um the the lacuna that these antagonists have created to you know do what they're doing in the story and i just thought that's just such a fun thing to think about you know i i love that idea i love i love the idea of a of a sort of you know a very very tardis-esque from doctor who you know it's it exists as something on the outside and something completely different on the inside something that can't logically makes sense once you're inside this space the character's like oh this seems to go on for like a, this seems to be a lot bigger than i thought it was yeah. i love the idea of this this uh this yeah space existing that's at odds with the physical world around it that was definitely one of my favorite parts of it yeah so yeah i think i think david mitchell is is good at writing those kind of fun concepts and putting them in an interesting way um i think the writing was um you know it's very it's pretty easy to read um mm-hmm. yeah for me i i've I mean, there's a reason why I chose it as a reread. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, and uh, I would recommend his writing and definitely um, the Bone Clocks, which is very, you know, uh, plot and story and world adjacent to this novel. Um, uh, both, yeah. So the Bone Clocks and Slate House are uh, highly recommended by me. I think. You mentioned this as part of the genre of high fantasy. Can you can you explain what you mean by high fantasy? Um, I think. I mean that in the terms of, you know, there's kind of magical, fantastical elements, but it's not necessarily just like fairies and pixies and and things like that. It's it's a little bit okay. um, more grounded in real world. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think yeah. I think high fantasy has its own specific explanation or or you know dictionary meaning that potentially I'm using incorrectly, but yes. I feel like high fantasy applies and and what i think of as high fantasy is something very much in lines with this kind of world making yeah and one of the um the problems i have with the fantasy genre is it is so um self-contained in in a world that's separate from ours and it's almost it's almost like a sense that anything goes you know which is which is un, you know not very generous they good fantasy all of this regardless of the setting will still make these rules that the universe has to be governed by but i i appreciate the challenge of incorporating these fantastical elements into this this alley in the middle of in the middle of london that just you know next to this rundown pub like you know the combat the 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 juxtaposition of of the fantastic with the real is probably what i what I appreciated most about about Slate House. Yeah, definitely. So, what would you um, what would you be putting up on your Goodreads, Alex? How many out of five? Well, I would probably give it a three point five if it, if points if half stars were allowed, but of course we're not. So, if I had to decide if it's a three star book or a four star book, I would probably bump it up to a four star book. I think this is yeah, probably probably yeah, one of the one of the best ones we've read for the series so far. I think. What about yourself? Yep, I I will give it four too. I think it's an enjoyable read. It's got some fun concepts. It's not going to take you too long. And um, if you liked if you liked this, there's there's a couple of other ones by David Mitchell um, that are a bit longer that you're going to enjoy as well. So it's a good one to just kind of dip your toes into the world of David Mitchell. And if you're probably not a huge fantasy head like me, I I I, I 
I think it would be a yeah a good place to start. Before we do the do our links and our uh, and where people can find us, would you like to know what we're reading next week? I would love to. What are we doing? I say I say next week. Out of habit. We make constant reference to weeks, but time, yes. you know. As has we've its learned own. from this novel, <laughs> um, we are going to read uh, the first book written by J.K. Rowling under the pseudonym uh, Robert Galbraith. We're going to be reading The Cuckoo's Calling. Oh, The Cuckoo's Calling. I don't. I haven't read it. Um, I'm trying to remember. It is a essentially it's crime. That's all I know. It's 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 her foray into the detective genre, and I think it was quite well received. Sorry, his foray into the detective genre. <laughs> Even though on my on my cover it says J.K. Rowling writing as Robert Galbraith, which if you're going to put that on there, you might as well just say yeah, it's by J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you, Josh? I am at Hot Cup of Jazz, um, posting things about jazz semi-regularly. <laughs> um, so come across, get some listening recommendations, and uh, have a chat. Love to welcome you there, Alex. What are you doing? You've you've got quite a bit to chat about. I I think quite a bit to chat on. You know, f- well, first of all, you can find me on LaTeRature underscore L A T E R A T U R E. But you can also check out the Good Book Boys podcast on some many other podcasts we have at latterature.com, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E.com, where you can also find my other podcast, Getsy on Goosebumps, uh, in which I uh, read and review every single Goosebumps book in Arl Stein's original series. I haven't got to the one in which you have guest featured on it, Uh, Josh. I think that was, was that? What one did you? I can't remember, remember the, which one. I can't remember the no. number, but it was Ghost Beach. That was Ghost Beach. Okay, yes, that was you, Ghost Beach. Fantastic. Um, but also, I am very proud to announce uh, on the seventeenth of uh, this month, seventeenth of September, the first episode of Gatsy Talks Tintin will be live. <laughs> hey, um, fine. At long last, at long last, been a uh, been sorting my way through all of the different reference books. Uh, it's going to be a sort of exploration of, first of all, all the Tintin stories, but also some additional, uh, you know, episodes about about the trivia surrounding it and stuff. I'm very, I'm very impressed with the um, the level of granular detail that you're going to. Um, I, I was gobsmacked to hear that you were you've been doing archiving and tagging and yeah. sorting. Yeah, well, I mean, this this isn't is, this isn't no amateur Tintin podcast, everyone out there. <laughs> Unlike the Good Book Boys, Alex is oh, actually well, doing some uh, deep diving and, well, and is unlike historical. unlike um, Gatsy on Goosebumps, which is literally just me talking about the book, sometimes drunk off my face. <laughs> um, this is yeah, this is quite a quite a I guess a, a higher level of analysis. Um, if you look at the Instagram page for the uh, for the show. Uh, Tintin dot podcast. Um, lots of lots of you know really interesting facts that I'm really I'm really digging quite into it, and that's because there is quite a big culture surrounding the literary value of of Tintin stories. Obviously, they're you know primarily aimed at children, but they're highly appreciated by older people as well. And as a result, there's heaps of uh, academic you know reference books exploring them so you know it's been my my you know solemn duty to go through those categorize them and you know get the 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 bits of information and you can find a lot of all that um those pictures on 
latterichard.com slash Tintin when when the show goes live. Um, but yes, I uh, would love to see you on Tintin.podcast on Instagram uh, just for some more uh, updates on the show and just some little uh, little tidbits. You know, it's been a, been a lot of work, but there's not a lot of English-based Tintin content. You know, I'm yeah. following so many Tintin pages on the on the the Instagram and so many of them are like like a huge fandom surrounding it and a huge level of like appreciation and analysis but it's almost exclusively in French so I'm 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 happy to be uh the the premier English yeah, language leading, leading the way um, leading I've the pack been, I've been very fascinated to see um some of the things that you've been finding and and putting up on the on the Instagram so I'm I've got the uh, the 17th of September in the diary and I will uh, be listening listening keenly along Fantastic. Well, until then, uh, anything, any last words to uh, to sign us off with, Josh? No, I don't think so. I think we'll just leave everyone with our uh, usual ending catchphrase. Yes, we will. This is the good book boy saying, if it's not a good book, put it back on the shelf. Till next week. See you later.